Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. We're talking two things tonight, Colin. We're talking Debbie. We're talking freshmen. I think that's what the people want this time of year. So that's why we're going to give the people what they want. Exactly. Exactly. Especially after last week's debacle where I had to agree with just horrible, horrible opinions the entire show. It was... It was a little traumatizing. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you created the show sheet. You tried to structure that in a way that prevented that, prevented you from having to agree with my atrocious opinions. You're just a wild card. So that's on you. You're just a wild card. But yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit is probably on me. Yeah. Yeah. Time to start looking in the mirror. (laughs) That's a great point. That's a great point. (laughs) All right. Well, without further ado, Colin, because I really want to spend... The, a lot of this show talking about supplemental drafts and having done a couple myself at this point, having a couple coming up, got to give my league mates a chance to hear my thoughts so they can plan accordingly. Um, and then just, you know, with our ADP building at the site, I, I think we can talk a little bit about what we're seeing so far, what we think is not necessarily correct or and then what we what we kind of like that's happening so that's going to be a huge part of this show um uh, going through some of that but i do want to start off calling um you know we just finished the debbie guide we talked about that on last week's show we've talked about it on on debbie debate and back to debbie we did a release show we've released all of the the roundtable discussions we had to, on on the collective our nil show so there's a ton of content out there in the debbie guide i, I don't want to go into that uh, any more on here besides just telling you to go buy it uh, at campus2kent.com. But I think as we get at reach this point in the offseason, there are every year a few guys that kind of become favorites. And I don't know if it's because people are kind of finally getting to watch them and they were kind of off the grid compared to some of the more established names that, that we've watched for years. But, but every offseason you get a couple of these guys that just get bumped up and everyone's really, really excited about them. I want to cover two of them tonight. We'll probably cover a, a few more of them. Uh, I have some guests planned uh, for when you're out. They're going to be some primarily Debbie shows, so I'm going to ask them about a couple, get some outsider opinions. But I want to start with Trey Benson, running back at Florida State. Uh, started out his career at Oregon, uh, if you're not familiar with him at all. Was a four-star kid, went over there, uh, was pretty much hurt every single year he was there, just could never really be healthy uh, after his second year. I transferred to Florida State last year, uh, made some noise during preseason, and then uh, ended up leading that backfield uh, in, uh, in Norvell's offense. We really, really like for running backs. Not the most prolific season ever statistically. 154 carries, 990 yards, nine touchdowns to have 13 carries uh, for 100 or 13 catches for 144 yards uh, as well. But it did. It led the team. He got better as the year went on, got more and more of the backfield as the year went on. And now I think with the uh, the Treshawn Ward, kind of the guy that was the number two there leaving this offseason for Kansas State, I think people are expecting a twelve to 1,500-yard season on the ground for him. He's got a really nice build. He's over 210 pounds. Um, he, he's got a little bit of everything. So, Colin, where do you fall? right now on the Trey Benson uh, discussion where I, I've seen some people have him as high as RB, RB, you know, two, three in, in the upcoming 2024 rookie class. 
Um, I don't have him quite that high. Um, he's my for C two C. He's my RB fifteen, uh, and then for uh, Debbie, he is my RB uh, sixteen, which actually doesn't make sense. I'll have to look into why he's sixteen there. But um, so right around RB fifteen sixteen overall. Uh, in terms of the upcoming class, uh, I think there's definitely an argument for him to be, you know, in the top five. Um, but well. No, I don't understand a top five argument. Um, I, I mean, I, I think there's definitely some potential there, but he's obviously going to be behind Sanders, Raheem Sanders, Travion Henderson. Um, I think you got to keep behind Braylon Allen, Jace McClellan. Uh, Don, you, you put him right there with Donovan Edwards, Will Shipley. Um, I, those guys kind of have warts, so that could be like kind of the tier where he goes in. But, I mean, he did look a lot improved after that knee injury. So I could see him having a really nice year, especially in a Mike Norvell offense. There was a, Mike Norvell does scheme his running backs up really well. He has a lot of success with running backs in the past. Uh, I, I would caution anybody who is just ignoring uh, Lawrence Tofili as well. Like, I think he's going to be I, used in some capacity. I somehow capacity. knew this was going to go this direction. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he'll do a better be used job in some sort of you. capacity. Um, but you know, Benson's definitely the better back, uh, especially like as a pure runner. I mean, Benson, he's a patient back. He's the bruiser. He's the, between the tackles guy. And he's not just a bruiser too. You know, he's got, he's got a little bit of elusiveness to him in the open, uh, field. Um, he just doesn't have like a high end gear. I think the biggest thing is it's going to be more of a, he's the, between the tackles guy, the runner, and then Toafili will feel more of the, uh, like Antonio Gibson type role where he's kind of like a hybrid wide receiver running back. But I, I think as far as this class, this upcoming class goes, he's the guy at the top with probably the, uh, the least amount proven so far. Now that's not to say that he doesn't necessarily belong there. Cause he did have one good year there, but um, I'm not quite as high as some others are on him. Yeah, you you started off by saying top five was too rich, and then I think you kind of got to the point of the argument that I think is important. And it's, you you kind of named four guys, and I actually I completely agree. I, I wouldn't put him above at this stage. Uh, Travion, Raheem Sanders, Braylon Allen, or Jace McClellan in that class. Mm -hmm. I just think they all have slightly better profiles at this point. I think the knee is going to be interesting to, if there's any uh, issues there moving forward. Um, but then you, you, you know, you got to Donovan Edwards at five and you said, well, maybe, I mean, it's, it's, that seems like an okay spot for him. I, I don't have him there. I, I get the argument for having him in, in the top five though, just because he has that size that, that Donovan Edwards lacks. I, Edwards mm -hmm. is going to be a really interesting test case because he, we haven't had a ton of backs like him in the past few years where Edwards is almost more of a receiver playing running back. Like he is yeah. almost like Debo if he had never went to wide receiver, which is kind of playing running back, like similar build, you know, that's six foot. They say he's over 200 pounds. Maybe I'd buy it, but he is kind of lankier. Like he isn't that thick squat 
uh, juicy hindquarter uh, <laughs> steak, you know, steak butt is uh, I, I, Katie Flower always steak says steak um, butt. Yeah, that's what she she says to so some of those guys <laughs> that ha- they just have that thicker. Like, like he he just isn't shaped like that quite. Uh, Edwards is not so. I, I think Benson is. I, I've seen some Benson comps to Javante Williams. And I actually think that's a really interesting comp. I don't think he runs with the same level of power. Mm-hmm. Th- but I do think that some of the issues with the long speed are very similar between the two of them. I don't think either of them are necessarily guys that you're... They they might be guys that kind of hit in your doubles and triples, but you don't really expect a home run out of either of them, especially once they hit the NFL. Um, and I also think he has some of the same spotty... Uh, vision issues at times where Javante kind of just has the mindset and he did in the NFL too, which is why he always has a ton of missed tackles for us. Cause he kind of just goes like the, well, F it. Like we're just going to run through it. He, he has that mindset about him. And I think Benson does a little bit as well, but he, instead of just saying like F it, I'm just going to try to run through this guy and see what happens. He says like F it. I'll just kind of try to get around. Like I'll try to dance around this guy and we'll see what happens. But I think like in terms of spotty vision at times, they're very, very similar looking to maybe bounce uh, a little bit too much at times when there, there maybe is a cutback lane that would be a better uh, read for them. I I have him five. Well, I have him six, not seven. I have Devin Neal above him too. Okay. So I just think Neal's a little more athletic. So I have him seven in the class. But I think there's a real legitimate argument to put him in the top five. I just don't quite. So you have Will Shipley lower? Oh, I've nuked Shipley this offseason. Yeah, if we want to talk about uh, – I, Will Shipley's my RB22 in, in uh, Debbie right now. Um, and honestly, he could be lower by the time the season comes around. And I'm trying not to be too reactionary on what we've talked about a lot with Shipley this offseason. But I think we've covered it on a bunch of shows. You know, he's not uh, been great between the tackles. Uh, he, he's kind of been inefficient. He, he he just has some issues as a runner that I okay. don't know are fixable. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, I do think he's going to have a pretty solid year this year, though, with Garrett Riley. Uh, I think that offense as a whole is going to take a step forward. Um you know, and I think Garrett Riley is going to help improve the efficiency of that offense, which will help Shipley. I think the line will be a little bit better than it was last year as well. So I think he's going to have a decent year this year. I mean, he's going to he's going to be fast at the combine. We know that he's going to have like three years of production. You know, so I think he's pretty comfortably in the day two conversation. Um, for for running backs, which I know everybody likes to give me heat for that, but deserve uh, it. Deserve you know, it. I, I think that's gonna I think that's gonna matter. So I still have uh Shipley as my RB six in the class. I do have Benson seven. Um where do you have so this is like a totally different discussion that we're just off on now, but since we brought up Shipley, where do you have him in relation to Phil Moffa? Um for Devi or for uh C2C. Um, let's stick with their Debbie rank. Cause I think that's, especially okay. if they're going to be splitting a backfield, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that they're like, you know, that the, the C2C aspect shouldn't change them too mm-hmm. much. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I right now have Phil Moffa as my RB 39 and I okay. have Shipley up at 13. So I think Moffa, the big thing that's going to limit him is he's just not a 
good athlete. Yeah, he's not. He's it's... he's just a hammer. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like, there's going to be a role for him, I think, in the NFL, and but it's it's probably not going to be something you want for fantasy. Whereas Shipley, I could see getting into a role that is probably better for fantasy than it would be for real life. So it's kind of they're kind of opposite sides of the coin, I think. Um, I have Mafa again. We're just totally off. This this is already bad. Uh, <laughs> we got RB off the rails. Thirty for Debbie, and I have Shipley twenty two. So I have a gap, fairly small between them. Okay. I still like Shipley. I'm just I I think we're looking at a guy that's probably the. I think the NFL will view him as a third, like a third down pass catching back or a, you know, one B type guy that you're never handing mm-hmm. a real backfield to. I like the pass catching ability. I think he gives him a nice floor. I'm just not sure if the rush touches will ever be there to give him the same ceiling. I know, you know the uh, re- reception or targets are worth more than carries and, and all that, those kind of things. But I still don't know that the consistent volume will ever be there of either. It's hard to project targets from week to week if you're not in a, a you know considered an elite receiving back. So Shipley's a guy I have a hard time with. Um, yeah, but. yeah. I mean, I, I I definitely agree with that. I think he is, like I said, I think he's the type of guy who could be better for fantasy than he would be for real life, which isn't something that we see all that often for like NFL purposes. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's he's, he's the poster child for that right now uh, yeah. in the NFL for sure for sure yeah the other guy I wanted to ask you about Colin and I, I have like a whole list of these names <clears throat> I didn't want to ask about two FSU guys in the same episode so we're not going to talk right. about Jordan Travis uh, we we could talk about the Washington receivers especially Rome Adunze but we've just been so hot like we've been we were above consensus on them for years and now mm-hmm. it just seems like you know that's I think the hype's even gotten a little bit beyond uh, yeah. where, where I can stand. There's a couple other names as well that that we'll probably be talking at some point. Uh, but the other name that I wanted to choose for today is Malik Neighbors, wide receiver at LSU. Um, I like Malik Neighbors. He, he was the leading receiver on LSU last year, even though we expected that to, well, hoped it would be Keishon Booty when he came back from that injury. Neighbors last season went over 1,000 yards, uh, 72 catches, three touchdowns, um, you know, was was pretty good for for LSU. Was uh, I think he turned into Jaden Daniels' primary target as the year went on. Another guy that has kind of that that really nice, ideal modern NFL build, six foot, six foot one, somewhere in there. I uh, list, I believe he's listed right around 190 pounds, so uh, you don't have to worry about him being too too small or anything like that. Um, I, I, this year is going to be very telling for him because without Booty there, like he is the unquestioned guy in that wide receiver room. The rest of that room is either freshmen or just guys that really are unproven. He brings his quarterback back, so should conceivably have some rapport there. I have Malik Neighbors as my Debbie wide receiver 13. I know a lot of people like him a little more than that. I'm still putting several of the freshmen above him. Um, and, and then in his class, I, I still have Marvin Harrison Jr. above him, Emeka Egbuka, both of those guys from Ohio State, obviously. I have uh, Xavier Worthy above him. So I have him as the wide receiver four <laughs> in the 2024 class. Do you as well? I have him as my giggle. wide receiver 13 and my Debbie wide receiver four in that class. Okay. I bind the same guys, I'm assuming. 
Yeah, um, Harrison, Egbuka, Worthy. I have Worthy at 11. Uh, Barry and Brown at 12. Um, oh, okay. So you're a little... Okay. I, I have Worthy at 11 as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have Brown at 12. I have the freshmen in there. Um, Cook, Tate, Lemon, Branch, Innes. I have moved Tate up to my Debbie wide receiver too in that class in the freshman oh, my, i was gonna hold this i hold wait there's no, 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 a hot take that we accidentally uncovered there <laughs> no, no 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 not not that far um i do have three ohio state wide receivers inside the top seven and now four in the top 10 but no i i have since moved tate up to wide receiver two in the freshman class who's the other guy ohio state wide receiver in your top five gan grace in my top 10, <laughs> uh, Brandon Innes. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured. Yeah. No, I the true freshman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with neighbors, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I think he seeing him be the clear number one in that offense last year, even with Bouti, um, I, I think that was definitely good to see because he did perform well as a freshman. Um, and then you know, as a freshman, he played predominantly out of the slot last year. He played mostly out wide. So he does show uh, some good versatility. I think he, yeah. he, you can use him in a variety of different ways, which I think is going to help him. Um, you know, he'll have to improve his hands a little bit. You know, you sometimes you see some concentration drops. Um, he does well in contested catch situations, but I feel like it's more the transitioning from receiver to runner where sometimes he'll lose focus and he'll drop them, um, which I, I think that's something that you can, you can fix. I think that's fixable. Um, so I, yeah, not, I mean, I, I think he's, he's got crazy ball skills when he wants, mm-hmm. like when he, so yeah, I, I do think most yeah. of his probably concentration stuff. I don't know that yeah. he has, I, I definitely wouldn't say he has bad hands. No. And that's, I don't think that's what you were saying. Either. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I think that people are a lot higher on him um than what you and i are but it's not like you and i are low on him at, at 13 and four in that class you know no and i've, I've bumped him up like one or two spots over the course of this offseason i i think there's a couple guys that i have right below him that you could argue over him um none none in his well adunze is in his class and i have him a couple spots lower uh then i have like matthew golden ted mcmillan uh or uh yeah ted mcmillan i actually I have travis hunter at 18 uh the colorado plays both ways guy he's the uh, he's so hard to to rank right now he's probably the hardest guy for me to rank because he's such a high ceiling and then he could also just play defense in the pros and then you just completely wasted a pick he's one of those guys that i think holds a certain value and i'm willing to have him at that value and if somebody's willing to offer me just a tiny bit more than it i'm i'm just divesting so fast i'm like yep, yeah there you go that was that was big. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like him. I just I, yeah, the the mm-hmm. what position does he end up playing is terrifying at the end yeah. of the day. Uh, I mean, terrifying is such a strong word, you, but um, it's it's not um, I, he's very difficult to project, which yes. is obviously not really what we're looking for in the ideal C2CS. And if you can yes. get one that of players that are more projectable yeah so i think i think honestly i think there's a bunch of players that i have right behind him uh jury on dickie at 19 uh, oregon freshman i have Devontae walker at 20 the unc transfer in uh adonai mitchell at 21 and we uh, we had some discussions in the the debbie group i'm apparently the high guy on, on ad mitchell 
Uh, and then I have Malik Benson at 22. I think I could argue any of those guys over neighbors. Like if you gave me a prompt, like argue mm-hmm. that this player is better than Malik neighbors. You're like, cool. I can, I can do that pretty easily after 22. It starts That's getting the lawyer in difficult. You. I can argue anything. Um, <laughs> you think I can argue anything. Felix can really argue anything, <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, that that's kind of my cutoff for where I, I feel comfortable arguing guys over him. But it doesn't make him a bad player. I just think right. I, I don't I don't view him as a really a potential wide receiver one in the NFL. No, like I team, think even teams wide receiver one. I think he's better off as like a second wide receiver on a fairly decent offense. I think he's better, and this is not a stylistic comp at all. But in a like Devonte Smith type role, where he's the one B to a really good one A, like kind of where Jordan Addison is right now, a one B to a really good 1A in Justin Jefferson. Like, I think that's where Malik, Malik Neighbors would be really good. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. You know, we have to wait till the draft gets around here. I just, I, I have a hard time rejecting him into the first round of the NFL draft today too. Same. But I do think, I don't think he'll test great. Like, I don't think he's a bad athlete by any stretch, but I right. don't think he'll be one of those guys that as we go through the process kind of uh, blows up testing and things like that. I, I just don't think that'll be the case, um, which, which I think, you know, will hurt him a little bit and the other guys that I have around him or above him, I think will I got like Xavier worthy mm-hmm. who I think like, uh, I I think as of today, if nothing weird happens, Marvin Harrison jr. And the Mecca book are going to be the top two wide receivers. In the yeah. Class, just cause they're both so polished already and so explosive and they can do so many different things. I think, I think those guys for today, like I, you'd have a hard time convincing me out of it. And then everybody has a question mark. So I yeah. think, you know, Worthy's has some question marks, but he's going to test excellently you know i think uh adunze has better size and will test and he's apparently going to run a four three nine if you haven't seen twitter yeah yeah spoiler (laughs) alert we know who that is and it makes the story (laughs) 10 times more funny but we can't go into that here uh, on today's show i mean with a big year at malik from malik benson like i at alabama Mm -hmm. he could easily jump him and go into the first round yeah yeah i could see that but i also think neighbors is Barring like a catastrophic flop this year, I think neighbor's floor is probably like a second round pick. I don't think he's going to fall into the third. I don't think he would fall into day three. He feels like I mean, if he, if he has a, if, if he has a not great year, I do think he could fall a little bit, but I do think round two, I feel comfortable projecting him there today, but I would have felt, I would have felt comfortable projecting like Zay flowers to the third round last year. And then he went round one. So, I mean, stuff happens. You have, you have a nice year. Who, who's to say? But Right. Right. That's true. Um, all right. Let's get out of Debbie Darlings. And like I said, we'll have some more of those as the offseason goes on. I think they're a fun exercise. Um, spoiler alert. It's really funny. Um, it's, it, it's, it's funny seeing some of the divide on some of these things are t- between people that have been like just doing this a little bit longer versus like, it's like new, new eyeballs on things. And they, they like maybe prefer different things like the new money in Debbie versus the old money in Debbie or whatever. And they, some of these players, neighbors, neighbors is a really good one. I think where, where um, I think people that are more, some of the folks that have been around the industry longer tend to not be on him quite as much. And some of the newer folks do. And I just find, those uh dichotomy is really interesting when i'm looking at some of these um players so um housekeeping real quick colin uh campuscanton.com and we say it every week go check it out that's our parent company uh one that we're very proud of uh debbie guide released on may 1st if you haven't gotten yours yet 
go ahead, do that. If you are a yearly NIL member, you already received an email telling you how to go ahead and download it. You, you have access. If you are a yearly scholarship member or one of our grandfather folks from many moons past, you get your choice of a free guide. So if you want that Debbie guide as your free guide for the year uh, beyond the, the CFF or the supplemental draft uh, guides, uh, you also have received an email. And if you're having trouble downloading or, or accessing those emails, first check your spam. And then if they're not there, give us a, a call. Email us campusdecanton at gmail.com. DM us on Twitter at campus2canton. Um, send a carrier pigeon. Um, DM me or Colin specifically at Debbie Dietz at C2C Decker. Someone will get back to you quickly and we'll help you get that squared away. Speaking of other guides, by the way, our CFF team started writing the guide this week. Mm-hmm. Um, those dudes are gung ho about writing. They've already written like 40 profiles in like three <laughs> days. <laughs> so, uh, that thing's coming together. I believe tentative, uh, first week in July as the release date for that. So exciting stuff now that we have. Um, some more established depth chart information. And then lastly, if you are one of our lovely NIL members, you get a yearly one-on-one meeting with a few of us here at C2C to go over a bunch of your rosters. Um, We have already started doing them. We're going through the list of responses on just a first-come, first-serve. Emails usually go out in, in waves, and we just do it like that so that we don't... Tell a bunch of, ask a bunch of people, are you free next week? And then 30 people get back to us and we don't have 30 hours next week to spend on meetings. Um, We have to kind of divvy it up. So first come, first serve basis, but we are getting to all the names. I think we're getting close to the end of the list of people that have applied so far. And if you're looking uh, for how to uh, apply or or submit for one of those meetings, we have a Google form uh, pinned in our Discord for you guys. And if you need uh, access to that or, or anything like that, again, shoot us a message. We'll get you set up. Um, all right, Colin, this is what we really want to talk about here tonight. I, I, I've dubbed this. I cannot leave round X without player Y. It's a good title. Edition. Thank you. Thank you. I came up with that myself. Um, basically what we're doing here, Colin, we're going to use campus to Canton's freshman ADP. We're going to pick one player from each of the first five rounds of supplemental drafts that we, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Don't want to leave drafts without. Uh, we're also going to talk just about players that we think maybe are going a little bit too high. Maybe you, you avoid them if you're seeing them go at ADP uh, in your leagues. And I want to start off with round one here, Colin. In round one, we are going to do something a little different because I think round one is more or less established. There's maybe one or two names you can argue should be in there that aren't, but they're you know the next two in the second round, and we'll discuss that here in a second. Um, but I think just the, the round... the Round one is really established at this point, and that's kind of the heavy hitters here. Um, so just looking uh, at, at the data that we have, the first rounds currently is going like this on average. Malachi Nelson, USC quarterback, going uh, first overall. Cedric Baxter, Texas running backs, going second. Dante Moore, UCLA QB, going third. Zachariah Branch, uh, USC wide receiver, going fourth. Arch Manning, the Texas QB, going fifth. Nico Iamelieva, going sixth. Getting better day by day. I do it an hour every single morning when I wake up. I meditate. Jonte Cook, Texas wide receiver, going seventh. Jackson Arnold, Oklahoma quarterback, going eighth. Brandon Innes, USC wide receiver, ninth. Justice Haynes, Alabama running back, going tenth. 
Roderick Robinson, the Georgia running back, going 11th, and Ruben Owens, the Texas A&M running back, going 12th. And I think the next few names, like I said, Mikhail Lemon and Jurian Dickey, um, sometimes get sprinkled in there depending on the draft that you're in. So that's our top, we'll call it 14 for right now, Colin. Who, looking at this list, I mean, does it seem right to you, at least the names that are in that grouping? Yeah. Yeah, I think that seems that seems right to me. Um, like you said, there, you know, uh, there's a couple other people, Makai Lemon. Um, I probably wouldn't put Jerry on Dickey in there, but, um, Makai Lemon, I think you'll see Cornell Tate coming up there at that point. You know, who are you bumping out? Ruben Owens, but I don't have a problem putting Ruben Owens at the, at the end of the first there. Um, yeah, I, maybe Brandon Innes drops a little bit given the Cornell Tate hype, but Honestly, I think there's a really solid tier of a top 14 players there. So I think if you have the the 101, if you were the worst or the second worst team in your league like last year, I think you're going to get two building blocks this year because I think this is pretty deep. I like the first round. said I like some of those other two guys in there, but really no surprises um, as far as the guys who were going in the first. What about the order? Uh, the order is is interesting right now. I would have Cook. A little bit higher. Uh, I think getting Cook at the 107 is 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 good value. Um, Justice Haynes at the 110 is really good value. Uh, I would probably take Haynes over Jackson Arnold and over Brandon Innes at this point. Um, I would probably take drop Nico down as well. I think go him going at the 106 is a little high. I'd probably put him closer to the 112. Uh, but he's just going to, I mean, when he starts at Tennessee, he's going to have such bonkers numbers that it's hard to fault you for taking him that high. Like I get it. Um, so there's a couple guys that I would shift around a little bit, but I mean, it's hard to quibble with some of these rankings. Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing this ADP firm up pretty well and, and, and kind of, I mean, obviously by year two, you toss it out the window, but I think based on right. what we know now, I think we're doing pretty well here every that's like everybody you know like the the community is doing very well um uh, figuring some of these things out you know I, this is probably pretty close to what i would have had going into spring i definitely think some spring news performances i don't want to say spring performances because again we talk about on this show all the time we're not necessarily weighing spring games that heavily especially like we also mentioned the quarterbacks it's just a totally different uh, game really for them coming up. So uh, tough to judge uh, some of the QBs on their performances, but I think there are some names that maybe I would shift around just a little bit in here, even though I, I would keep the majority of them in this, this range. I think a guy like justice Haynes has to be bumped up a few spots. You know, I mentioned the, the Alabama running back there uh, is going 10th overall on our ADP. I think he probably should be closer to six or seven. Uh, Arch Manning probably drops a few spots. Just, you know, he, he looked fine. I, I really, I think the, the hate for him on that spring game has been a little overblown, but I also think there are a few guys that I would just rather have that have looked probably a little bit better and established themselves a little bit more. Um, the one name that I, I, I think I just, it has to be in here that isn't right now is Carnell Tate. Yeah. Like, I think just absolutely has to be in there. Um, you, you agree with that for the most part? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Tate has to be in the first round at this point. Um, like I said, he's definitely in that top tier of about 14 players. I would bump Ruben Owens out personally. 
um, to put Tate in. I would also probably put Makai Lemon in. And then, you know, who do you bump out there at that point? Maybe Nico, maybe Arnold. Um, Why don't but, we just make it so there's 13 picks in the first round and then everybody. I love it. We just be Toilet happy with bowl. all of us. Yep. There Toilet bowl. There it is. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to start to see Tate go up there. I mean, you've seen his, his ADP start to climb steadily here with that steady drum beat in the spring. Uh, you know, are things going to change when Brandon Innes gets on campus? Potentially. I, I do think Brandon Innes, you know, I had Brandon Innes graded higher, but we now have more information. And like you said on Debbie debate last week, these the Ohio state like coaching staff doesn't really pump up players if they don't actually like believe it, you know, they, it's been pretty clear. Like the guys that they have hyped up are the guys who are next and they've hyped up Tate. And I think you have to factor that in at this point. Yeah. I, it, the, the black stripe stuff. Yeah. They, they take it very seriously. So I, um, I, I tend to agree with you there. Do you think there's a tear break here, Colin? Like even within the first round, you know, we, we think all these guys, belong in this discussion but do you think there's kind of a a clear pick where like above this the picks are worth just a little bit more than the ones after it uh, in that grouping yeah i think i would probably put that um probably right about the 105 um nelson moore baxter um branch cook i would probably have up there um branch maybe a little bit branch would be like my five like I, that's probably about where i would start to consider that but I, I think he's shown enough in this spring here as well early on that that he warrants that so i'd probably put it at five but it's not a big tier drop down to the next group interesting i i have seven guys in the top tier okay um i have uh th- two quarterbacks malachi nelson and dante moore mm-hmm. um i i mean the, the funny thing, I, I went on Future Freshman last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago, with Brandon Sanders at this point on our podcast feed. We talked to top quarterbacks in the class, and I said, you know, this is the weird year where I think basically all of the most talented quarterbacks in this in this class went to the best offenses. And not only did they go to the, some of the best offenses to go to for C2C purposes, you know, college fantasy purposes, they also went to places that are fantastic situations. Like they only have to wait one year kind of fantastic yeah. situations. I, I, I think every single one of the teams that, uh, that these guys landed on USC, Texas, uh, UCLA, especially uh, Tennessee uh, and Oklahoma, those are all places where the QB either blatantly like, only has one year left or in the case of a guy like Caleb Williams, probably only one year's one year left. Uh, Dante Moore, uh, obviously there's really not a guy there, so he could be there sooner rather than later. Uh, and then Texas, what, what happens with Quinn Ewers this year uh, will be pretty determinative there. But I, so I have Nelson and Moore in my top, uh, my top tier. Then I have three wide receivers, Carnell Tate, Zachariah Branch, Dante Cook. That's not in any particular order. And that's just, I made my list here and those three are in it. I think they're all pretty inarguable guys that have made noise this spring, are supremely talented on good teams with good offenses, with offense coordinators that are known for wide receiver development. Like they kind of check all those boxes, all of them except for like Branch doesn't have great size, but he uh, isn't like short and skinny. He's kind of thicker and he has been blessed with just insane speed. So that certainly helps there. And then two running backs, Haynes and Baxter. I think both those guys. Um, it's it's 
I, I don't think there's really an argument to to not have those two guys kind of as the the, the top two guys. So that, that's my seven. I think if you have a pick in the first seven, you're feeling really good about it. Um, and if you're looking to maybe trade up for that second guy, I mean, obviously, if you have a specific player in mind, you wait till they're on the clock and then you go get them. But you want to move into that top seven if you're just trying to be really aggressive or blindly aggressive, let's say, aiming for one of these top players. Yeah, you know what? You convinced me. I should uh, Tate. I moved. Should move Tate up in there. You, see, you just said he's your Debbie wide receiver yeah. seven or something. I mean, if, he, if yeah. he's your yeah. seventh best wide receiver in college, then like this is the cheapest he's ever going to be. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll move Tate up into that, so we'll, we'll put it at six. But I'll cut. I'll cut it off with Justice Haynes still below. I mean, I like Justice Haynes, but that Alabama backfield get is, is just always pretty crowded. So I can see the headline tomorrow. Colin hates justice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can clip that and just, and I know people have been clipping our show a lot more recently and putting it out there. The, you know, the apology, the clip from last, the two weeks ago that preempted the apology, the apology, the home field peril thing. Yeah, our pitch to home field apparel, which, by yeah. the way, home field, if you're listening, we're still looking for it. We're still, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, people have been clipping the show. You know that maybe that may as well be the next one. Colin hates justice. People, Felix, people sharp. Um, <laughs> I heard that's his nickname. And then my the second tier guys. Uh, then I ha- I have and again no particular order. Makai Lemon, Jackson Arnold, Nico, Roderick Robinson, Ruben Owens, Brandon Ennis. I think that's a fairly fair tier two. And I think you can squeeze jury on Dickie in there if you want to. And I wouldn't argue with that and get you at a clean seven and seven for the top uh, 14 players. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that. Do you think there's a player besides Carnell Tate who isn't currently in that top 12? You know, we were kind of lumping him in that tier, but according to the ADP, he, he's not in, in, in round one right now. Do you think there's another guy that can sneak into round one the rest of this off season or, or probably not? Besides that, besides that group we kind of listed. I think Makai Lemon's kind of cheating as an answer here because his ADP is 12.2. So he is like <laughs> right outside. Um, his And his selection, basically in our drafts, there's one draft yeah. that he went 15th and that was just low enough to drop him out. Yeah. yeah. And there, well, there's one that where he went 10th. So Plus very the consistent. countless uh, regular drafts that we pull him from too that he goes earlier than that. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, these are just solely pulled off of freshman mocks and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's kind of cheating, but yeah, I think we could see, depending on your draft, you, you'll see him go right around 12 there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so, uh, we shall see. Um, let's get, let's just go down into round two then Colin. We, we've discussed our round one here and then the, the one or two players that are really close. Um, but there is a even a big drop off from Jurion Dickey, whose average ADP is thirteen point six. Um, the next closest guy is eighteen point four. So like there is a, a pretty drastic cutoff there. I don't think we've seen any of the guys below that point uh, go in the first round uh, a single time. Oh, I th- Richard Young went in the first round in one draft. Okay, of all the drafts we've done, and I think that's the only guy that's been outside that group of fourteen that, that has been up there. So it's it's firming up the, the top group of guys here. But here's who goes in the second round right now. We already mentioned Mikhail Lemon, Jurion Dickey. And you have Hikeem Williams, the freshman wide receiver at Florida State. I think that's interesting. I think that's a guy that potentially drops uh, depending on um, who who your league mates are. Essentially, Carnell Tate uh, at the, the fourth spot. 
Malik Benson, Alabama wide receiver, goes 205. Deuce Robinson, the USC tight end. I don't even know if we talked about his commitment on the show when it happened. But I don't know if we did. I think that was happened when you were gone. Yeah, but he did commit to USC. We'll see if he ends up really committing to football or not. Yeah, still a baseball there. guy. Richard Young, Alabama. The other Alabama running back in the class goes seventh. Shelton Sampson, the LSU borderline five-star receiver, goes 208. Dontavious Braswell, the South Carolina running back, goes 209. Cordell Russell, the U, uh, uh, TCU wide receiver, goes 210. Sam Levitt, Michigan State quarterback, goes 211. That's a little confusing to me. We can talk about that. And then Cam Selden, the do-it-all hybrid running back wide receiver at Tennessee goes to 12 i'll just come right over to you colin the player that you don't want to leave this round with and excluding lemon and, and dickie they kind of feel like cheating and tate yeah and um, we did say tate just because we've talked about him so much and yeah on a bunch of shows and tonight yeah show. yeah we can't talk tate because i think he he's gonna end up going in the first um so if, if you're excluding those guys at the very top there um the next one for me is is pretty easy it's it's malik benson um there, there's some guys in this round that i think are pretty solid but with benson you know we've heard he looks pretty good at alabama he had a nice spring game now most of it came on the last drive but still um you know i, I think and that, that wide receiver room is a lot of guys but no stars and i don't know if malik benson's going to be a star but i think there's a good chance he's going to carve out a, a sizable role this year uh, and carving out a sizable role in the Alabama wide receiver room is going to mean something. Uh, and we don't have a, a mile per hour time on him, at least that I've been able to find. Um, but he is fast. Um, he ran a, a verified 10 4 400 meter dash in, in high school. So he is fast. Um, and he's pretty, he's pretty athletic as well. I think probably his biggest issue is, you know, he's not, he doesn't always decelerate real well um he accelerates well but that's like kind of nitpicky as an athlete so he's got the athleticism he's got the bama pedigree and and, you know we kind of whiffed on that a little bit last year but that's gonna happen you know Uh, i think that it's still a safe bet betting on bama players and bama wide receivers you know so I, i think getting him in the second round here when he's one of the but he's the most hyped Juco prospect that I can remember, you know, and say what you want about him coming from Juco, but he did, he did well there. So I, I think that Malik Benson in in the second round is, is a really good deal. Again, this is a really strong class at the top, but yeah, I mean, you can only squeeze 12 (laughs) players into 12. picks. I know, you know, um, I'm not a magician. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't somehow make that work otherwise. Uh, but I do think he, I, I think he deserves to go over Hakeem. I mean, I have him mm-hmm. higher than Hakeem in my rankings. Sure. I think, I think the next four there at the top of the second should be Lemon, Dickey, Tate, Benson in some yeah. sort of order with how weak this running back class is. We talked about it a lot. There's just not a lot of running backs. You know, if, if, if Owens falls in that, that range, I think you, you maybe take him. And I think some folks might be able to be convinced on Cam Selden, who actually was my guy that I, I wrote down as my answer here. Um, but I think other than that, there's really not another running back that I'm dying to take in the second round of, of supplemental drafts. Um, and, and Selden really only falls in there just because of, like, he is even slightly more athletic than Nicholas Singleton was last year. Yeah. At a similar size. Granted, I don't think we think... So Tennessee contrary to popular 
actually runs the ball quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not necessarily worried about him like not getting carries. Now, granted, they don't usually have a guy, but I'm also not sure if Josh Heupel has ever had a guy at running as, back. Yeah, as talented, rawly it, talented as it, It's it's kind of one of those positions where I think he probably just doesn't recruit the top guys that hard because the system doesn't call for it. But I think he finally has gotten his hands on on one of these guys. So we'll see what happens if that breaks the mold. But I just think betting on the athletic profile in the second round over some of these other guys is just like a no-brainer. Um, and again, with such a thin running back class, if I have to take one here moderately early outside the, t- the big three, big four, I think Cam Selden is just your guy. And I know big wide receiver guy somewhere just got a big smile on his face because Selden's been his guy for probably at least a year at this point. He's He's been a big fan for a long time. Yeah, and we, you know, correctly predicted that he would be better at, at running back. And he was originally playing some wide receiver, moved into running back in the spring game. Now, they didn't have um, Jabari uh, Small did not play in that spring game. But Selden was working with the twos, and he was involved early and often in a variety of different ways. They threw him the ball a couple times, they handed it off to him. So I don't think it's going to take that long for Selden to force his way onto the field just based on how rawly talented he is, especially with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I think he's going to, by the end of this year, I think Selden is going to be comfortably the RB2 on that team. Uh, I don't even know if he's small. I don't even know if he has to get running back touches today or like today. Right. You know, whatever. There's also no year one zero for running back. So we're good. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. I mean, I think you can give him all sorts of weird touches. You you can scheme him up five to seven times a game. Yeah. Goal line, um, you know, basically use him as like an H back. I think there's a lot of different stuff you can do with his background. So I'm interested to see how they deploy him. I think, you know, the offense, we've talked about this a lot. It's not necessarily like that creative of an offense, what you see is what you get. It just puts so much pressure on college defenses who really either aren't athletic enough to defend the entire width of the field or just aren't, I mean, these aren't professionals at the end of the day. They're not locked in on every play, paying attention to, you know, assignments and and shifts and things at the, at the line of scrimmage and kind of bite you in the butt. But I don't think overall this offense is that, gimmicky or, or really interesting so i i don't but i think they can use him kind of like how they used princeton fant a little bit last year yeah. on the goal line where like they didn't use him at all between the 20s essentially but they put him in on the goal line and they'd they kind of scheme him open with like some of the the chief stuff that they do with travis kelsey with the underhand tosses and all that bull crap so uh i think they can get him some touches in the red zone too uh give him a shot so we'll we'll see i don't know the other, the other thing's gonna be i don't know how many I don't know how good Tennessee is going to be this year. Like, I don't think they're seven and six again, but I don't think they're a 10 win team either. So I'm not sure there's going to be as many blowout opportunities where they're just like, yep, let's just get Selton in there and hand on the rock 10 times and see what happens. But I could be wrong on that. No, I I think agree with a lot of what you said about Selden Uh, and Selden would have been my other pick in this round. If I hadn't taken Benson, I I think Benson and Selden are the two big names here. If again, if you're ignoring lemon Dickey T. Who's the imposter in this group in the second round? Oh, man. Um, I have a hard time taking Deuce Robinson here. I, I totally get it. He is a really good tight end. He's a really good you know, athlete. But 
but I have a hard time taking one, any tight end this high and two, a tight end who we aren't even completely sure is going to take is going to play football uh, long-term. So I, I think that one is the one that really stands out to me. Richard young. I think he has a role and if, he's probably the next running back out of that group or, you know, pretty close to it. So I don't have a problem with it. I'm just not going to end up with any Richard young. I would not, I would not, there's several guys that are going after him that I would take ahead of. Him. I, there's a couple interesting guys here. And I think, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Richard young. Uh, I, I, we all like Sam Levitt a lot mm-hmm. for the record. And I'm not saying that he's a bad pick necessarily like a bad player but i think he's a little bit of an imposter in this grouping overall he's not even the next quarterback that i would take off the board after kind of the big five Mm -hmm. there that all uh tend to go in the first 12 to to 15 picks um and i think the other concerning piece about sam levitt and we uh matt bruning and i talked a little bit about it on debbie debate last week is that michigan state is such a dumpster fire right now um that like we were saying, well, the depth chart's wide open, and that's a great thing, but you kind of have to worry, do does he get tossed in into a situation that is either A, too early, or B, just really bad, and they basically just break him. And I think there's, I don't want to say like legitimate chance that could happen, but I definitely think there is a possibility that one of those two scenarios happens this year and just Levitt doesn't reach his full potential because of it. But I'm... I'm hopeful that he's good enough that that's not necessarily the case. Who knows? He doesn't have a mentor there or anything, really. No. Like the guys there with him are you know, Noah Kim and Kat Hauser, like not good, notable, experienced quarterback. So if he's going to figure it out, he's going to figure it out on his own and with the coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. I like Levitt too. I think that's a fair point. Probably a little rich for my blood. Um, you know, I will, I have no problem taking him in the third. Um, maybe a little, little later in the third, but still in the third, I think would be fair. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, we talked about the other guys ending up in the other, the top, uh, you know, five quarterbacks ending up in such great situations. And then Levitt, he could have gone to Washington, man. He could have. And now he's at Michigan State. Yeah, that would have been preferred <laughs> for sure. Let's look at Even the third Washington round. State. <laughs> yeah, I would have taken any either of the schools in Washington and and been been much happier about that landing spot. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's still Power Five. It's still Big Ten. I mean, it's still it's not. Sorry, Indiana fans. It's not Indiana. So, <laughs> um, you know, maybe it'll work out. Uh, round three, real quick. The names that that right now, according to our ADP, are going in the third round, and this is where you start seeing some bigger disparities between guys yes. for instance nathan leacock who is going is the 25th overall player has been picked his high point at 15 and his low point of 46 it's a pretty big yeah. gap there yep um so uh, you're gonna see that with pretty much every single player yeah riscano uh, the next one 18 the, the only one that's been fairly tight <laughs> is actually Jaden greathouse who you put as your your guy to not to spoil anything here, um, but it's, it's Leacock is twenty five Tennessee wide receiver Kedrick Riscano the old Miss running back at twenty six uh, three oh two I'll, I'll phrase it that way Avery Johnson Kansas State quarterback three oh three Jaden Greathouse Notre Dame wide receiver 
304, Jaden Rashada, ASU, QB, 305, Nicholas Harbor, uh, South Carolina, wide receiver for now at the 306, Jalen Hale, Alabama, wide receiver, 307, Isaiah Agustav, the uh, Arkansas running back, or 308, Malachi Nolman, Coleman, Nebraska wide receiver, 309, Austin Novosad, Oregon quarterback, 310, DeAndre Moore Jr., Texas wide receiver, 311, and Noah Rogers, Ohio State wide receiver, 312. Um, I'll, I'll just toss it over right over to you, Colin. As I already mentioned Great House, so I'm sorry I, I stole your, your intro, but um, why is Great House a guy that you want to leave round three with? That's okay. Um, I think Great House is a, is a great value here in round three. He's a guy that we were pretty high on at the beginning of the process. You know, I, I know some of us kind of faded him a little bit. Um, I there was a point where I dropped him a little, and then I bounced back up. I never, I would never say I was like fading him, but I mean, he's a mega producer at high level of Texas football. He just showed out in the spring game. He showed a really strong connection with Sam Hartman, the starting quarterback. Uh, Notre Dame is at a loss for other skill position talent right now. I don't think they, they, the running back room isn't great. Their wide receiver room isn't great. They don't have that stud tight end anymore in uh, Michael Mayer. It's just kind of in flux right now. And I think Jaden Greathouse is a great opportunity to step in and earn a significant role early on in his career. I think my biggest worry for Greathouse is that he ends up being uh, like a David Bell type guy where he's just really good in college, but just kind of lacks the athleticism just a little bit at the NFL level. Yeah, that seems like it's a possibility for sure. You know, and, and David Bell got drafted pretty well. It's, he was only it was his first year last year. We'll see how it ends up. I liked David Bell. I like Great House. Um, but in the third round, I think this is this is good value for him. And there's a lot of guys here in this third round that I and we could talk about that after you know you talk about your guy, but there's a lot of guys in this third round that I don't think belong there. Yeah, it's uh it's funny. I I there's I, I you could probably smash up the third and fourth round together and and I, I would shake it out a little differently if I was looking at it. So I I ch- actually chose surprisingly here. I think Austin Novosad of the group of players that's in front of me is a, is a player that stands out. And I've been a uh, not a hater or anything. I've just said, you know, what's the ceiling with Austin Novosad? You know, I, I don't know that it's amazing. But if we're looking at some of the other quarterbacks that start going in this range, uh, guys like Kenny Minchie. Uh, Lincoln Kineholz, um, those are both early fourth round guys. Uh, Rashada, Avery Johnson are the two guys that are in this round, and they probably have a little more potential. But in the grand grand scheme of things, probably probably all equal. I think I have them all within a, a few uh, spots of each other in my rankings. But Nova said, I, I like what Oregon's building. I, I just think that they're going to be a pretty good squad moving forward. I don't know that right now it looks like Oregon's going to be able to recruit over him for next year. And with Bo Nix gone, like he he's going to be the next guy unless he's just so bad that they have to hit the transfer portal. I think that offense is going to be interesting. We were worried when Kenny Dillingham left, what's Oregon's offense going to look like next year? Will, will Bo Nix be the same? Will some of the wide receivers be the same? I think Will Stein that they brought in, it's about as good of a replacement as they could have hoped for. 
uh, especially at that point in the kind of the hiring carousel cycle. I think he'll do a good job with Novosad. And they said that Novosad looked pretty good in spring. So overall, um, I think he's a really intriguing player. Third round, like, again, I was I was limited to the names that were in front of me. So I right. think of the names were in front of me, I would take him there. I still think he's probably more of like an early fourth round guy. But uh, I, I like him here. I think he's really intriguing, even with some of these uh, monster athlete type guys and, and Leacock and Coleman and Harbor that that all uh, kind of have these enormous wide receiver profiles from a size speed perspective. Yeah, I, I like the Novasad call here too. Novasad's a guy that I like. Um, you know, he was inside my top ten uh, quarter, freshman quarterbacks. I think he was somewhere between eight and ten. I don't remember exactly where it was. I don't have that pulled up here, but I I feel comfortable with him in the third round. I like that call, like you said. I don't see Oregon recruiting over him for next year. As much as I liked Ty Thompson, he that is not it. He hasn't done anything. So I think it's time to. I didn't. To I didn't that pick that off. to take a shot at you. I'm no, sorry. I know. I know you didn't. That's okay. Or didn't I? Um, but yeah, and, and I also like that he has Jurion Dickey, who is a wide receiver that he can kind of grow with as well. They can kind of work together over the next couple of years. So I, I like. I like the uh, the Novasad call there. I think that was that was probably the other name that I would have been looking at. Yeah, and like I said, we'll talk about some of these fourth-round names that I think are really intriguing uh, here in a second. Uh, names that just uh, probably don't belong this high. Anybody stand out to you here, Colin, in this grouping? Yeah, there's a couple of them. Um, first, <laughs> so many just <laughs> terrible players. Um, I won't I won't rip it apart here, but I, Avery Johnson, that's way too high for him. Yeah, that's I, pretty outrageous. I think uh, he looked really dynamic as a as an athlete. Uh, he shows some flashes as, as a quarterback, you know, beyond just being an athlete, you know, he, he probably has, he has a fairly high ceiling for fantasy purposes. My problem with Avery Johnson is will Howard is there. Will Howard looked pretty good last year. He's coming into this year. He's going to be the starter. He had, will Howard has two years of eligibility left. It could be two, two years before we see Avery Johnson get a shot at starting here. And I don't think Kansas state's the type of program that's going to recruit over a guy like Avery Johnson, who was a you know, borderline top 10, top 12 quarterback for the class for a lot of services. So I don't think they're going to recruit over him, but it's going to be a little while. Do you see till he gets the field? So he's a guy that I don't think is necessarily going to hold that value. I don't hate Avery Johnson, but I don't like that value. Michael Lee's Harbor. He's big. And he's fast and he just ran a faster hundred meter time than Devin Achain or right around where Devin Achain ran. And so that, that that's great, but he is just so raw as a wide receiver. He is not a wide receiver. He needs to play tight end. I don't think he has an NFL future at wide receiver. I don't even think he has a college future at wide receiver unless they force it. I would not take Harbor here at all. And then the last guy that I'll just touch on is DeAndre Moore. I don't hate DeAndre Moore as a receiver, but I think he there's a very strong possibility that he ends up being a year one zero. Uh, and Texas has been lighting up the recruiting trail. I could see them bringing in another receiver recruiting over him or getting a transfer. Uh, so I don't hate DeAndre Moore, the player. I just don't really love the landing spot, and I don't love this ADP for him. So those are three guys that I would probably say 
don't belong in the third round for me. So I'll, I agree with all those, but I'm actually going to give you a name that I think based on all of the peripheral stuff, a hundred percent belongs, but I just can't ever see myself pulling the trigger here. It's Jalen Hale, the wide receiver at Alabama. Mm. I, you know, we talk about that. You talk about Malik Benson, you know, we like Alabama receivers. If you pick the right one, um, then you're probably going to be pretty happy with your selection. <sighs> My problem with Hale is that I just don't know what he does today that is different than anybody else in that receiving room. Like, I just think it's going to be a while before he sees the field. I don't think he's a bad player. Like, just based on talent alone, had him as, like, my wide receiver seven or eight or something in the class. I mean, he's a pretty good player, but he's just really similar to a bunch of what they already have there. He's similar to – I don't want to say he's necessarily similar to, but I think the role that they would want him to play is similar to Ja'Cory Brooks. Yeah. The role that he plays there. So, you know, I think like Benson gives them an added dimension with the speed uh, and, and Benson and Bond kind of fill the same role there. And then you've got your rotation of kind of other guys, Jermaine Burton, Corey Brooks, seems like maybe Kendrick Law is playing on the boundary. We'll see if that works out. Uh, Kobe Prentice is a little more of a possession yak kind of guy. I mean, you just got these guys that are f- filling these roles. I just don't know what Jalen Hale does. Like, even though I have him ranked in a specific spot, realistically i probably wouldn't touch him before like the fifth or sixth round of a supplemental draft and i wouldn't really like be blinking or thinking about it um but i have a bunch of cues set up already for draft starting in the next week or two <laughs> and i have him so low in those cues like sit in the 60s probably with some of the supplemental guys that are in there yeah i mean i don't see a lot of problem with that i agree with a lot of what you said i like hail the player how soon does he get on the field in Alabama? I don't know. The room is just a bunch of guys, but he hasn't really seemed to separate yet. Uh, I haven't really heard much about him. So, yeah, I mean, there's there are guys below Harp Hale that I would take ahead of him to the point where I will not end up with very much Jalen Hale. I would probably take him in like the fourth round, maybe even the very end of the third, depending on if, if it's like a doomsday scenario and all of my guys that I have ahead of him would get taken. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree with what you said. Uh, let's go to the fourth round here. Um, some interesting names. This is what I'm talking about. Like, I think there's more interesting quote unquote, like the third round felt like some names that I, f- people seem like they're almost feel like they op- they're obligated to pick there because of like the name and the school. I think the fourth round's a lot juicier here. We've got Kenny yeah. Minchie, Notre Dame quarterback commit. Uh, former Pitt, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Objectively just making the wrong decision here. Um, Quentin Joyner, USC running back. Eugene Wilson, the uh, incoming Florida wide receiver at the 403. Jalen Brown, LSU wide receiver, 404. Lincoln Kineholz, Ohio State QB, 405. Aiden Childs, Oregon State uh, uh, QB, uh, 306. And we have some recent Aiden Childs content on the uh, the feeds uh, interview with him. Go check that out check on YouTube, out. Uh, and, and I believe it's on the podcast feed here uh, as well. Pierce Sperlin, the incoming uh, Georgia tight end, four hundred seven. Uh, Pierce Clarkson, uh, Louisville quarterback, four hundred eight. Dante Dowdle, the Oregon running back, four hundred nine. Vandravius Jacobs, Florida State wide receiver, four ten. Keon Brown, Oklahoma wide receiver, four eleven. And Christopher Vizina, Clemson QB four twelve, and there, uh, there's three or four names in here that I just think don't belong at all. If you combine it with that for that that round before it, I, you're kind of cooking here. 
Um, I think the obvious answer is a Childs here, right, Colin? The guy that we just really like here at C2C and had a really good spring to boot. Yeah, I think, I mean, so far I've taken kind of the obvious names out of this group, but I, I think they deserve to be highlighted here. And yeah, it's absolutely Aiden Childs is out of this group is is the guy that I wouldn't want to leave the fourth round without. I mean, Aiden Childs, he was injured uh, in his junior season broke the wrist on his throwing hand. So that's kind of why like some of the recruiting services weren't quite as high on him as we were. Uh, it seems like injuries in your junior year are really, uh, they really hold you back in, in recruiting rankings and stuff, but he came back his senior year was very good. He's a dual threat quarterback. He's explosive with his legs. He can tuck it and run and pick up chunks of yards. He's a solid passer as well. Uh, you know, I think that he he shows good touch. He has uh, a good arm, uh, you know, as well. I think he shows some good awareness in the pocket, too. He definitely uh, has some things he needs to improve. But I think he shows a good dual threat ability. He's only going to we were talking about, you know, the, the other quarterbacks and, and their situations where they went to and, you know, they sit for a year and that's probably about it. Well, he's probably going to sit for a year behind DJU. Although Childs has been making so much noise this spring, it wouldn't totally shock me if DJU just kind of falls on his face and Aiden Childs forces their hand at some point. But, you know, either way, DJU price, you know, let's say Childs doesn't play at all this year, takes over next year. I think he'll be a good player for, for CFF. I think the NFL ceiling is really interesting. Uh, I, I've, we haven't really seen any quarterbacks from Oregon State ever really go to the NFL and, and do much. Um, so that's going to make it interesting, but I, I definitely think there's NFL potential there as well. So to get that in the fourth round, I think is, is a steal. Yeah. He's just, um, I, I think he's kind of one of these perfect modern quarterbacks. Perfect is a strong word, but you know, profile wise where yeah. he's got excellent size. And I think he's not, he's not like so mobile. Like, he's not really a rushing quarterback in my opinion. I think, you know, it's kind of hard to sometimes delineate rushing quarterback versus mobile quarterback. Um, but a, a rushing quarterback is a guy that I think, you know, is actively looking to rush at times. I don't think that's Childs, but I definitely yeah. think he's mobile where he can move around in the pocket. He can probably pick you up um, some yardage here or there rushing, depending on uh, what's going on. So he's a really, and he's got a great arm. Like just, yeah. you know, he, he's going to be able to push the ball downfield. So, I think he's a really intriguing player and just a super nice kid and great family. And people seem to love him everywhere he goes. So uh, I don't know that there's anything else to really say about him, but um, yeah, just a- excellent player overall. I chose Quentin Joyner just for, uh, for a couple of reasons. And I think there's a lot of names here. I could have chosen, you know, Van Dravius Jacobs, uh, Brown, Keon Brown is an interesting guy. Eugene Wilson. I've talked about before, but Joiner, he is the more interesting of the two incoming USC running backs to me, personally. I know that there's a chance that you picked the wrong one. But I think he looked better, a little better than Peterson did in the spring game. I think he is just naturally a little more of an explosive athlete. USC's running back situation is not deep right now. They have, and the problem is they have been bringing in about a guy a year in the portal, and it seems like they've been actively fishing. But I also, I mean, this year was their first year. They 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 got you know two two backs with actually decent size. So we'll see uh, as freshmen. So we'll see if that trend continues forward. 
Um, but it's it's really Austin Jones this year, and then uh, you know Relief Brown, who isn't really a running back, and then they brought in somebody else too, right in the portal that I dream. Are you trolling me right now? Who else did they bring in? Marshawn Lloyd. Oh, Marshawn Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, from the other US. Thought you were, thought you were yeah. gaslighting me here or something. I would never gaslight you, Colin. Never ever. Um, so it, it's probably the Lloyd and Jones show this year. I don't expect to see much of those guys unless there's a blowout or injuries. And granted, both these guys have been injured in the past. Yeah. Um, but I think Joiner is the more intriguing of the backs there. So I just Fourth round running back going to USC could be their 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 guy in an, in a year or so. Yeah, I think that's a pretty uh, interesting player there. But I think there's a lot of interesting profiles in this grouping. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I like Joiner. Um, you know, like you said, he's he's got good speed. Yeah, clock at 22 miles an hour. Uh, I think he's got a good first step, good acceleration too. Shows nice patience. Big thing for me. Uh, I want to see a little bit more in the passing game. You know, mm-hmm. and I need to see him improve his his lateral agility a little bit. He can look kind of slow, changing directions at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I like Joiner there. But there's a lot of guys in this in this group that I like. A guy that you think are multiple guys, if you have them, that that have no business being this high. Low hanging fruit, Christopher Vizina. I don't think he's a power five level quarterback or at least not like a high power five level quarterback. He'd be like a low. <laughs> you guys do not understand the favor that we're doing you by telling you to avoid Christopher Vizina in your drafts this year, especially <laughs> if your league mates are just using 24 seven and just kind of going down the list. Like that is dodging a major bullet early in drafts. That major bullet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the low hanging fruit there. Um, I think the rest of these guys honestly look pretty good good in this range um there's a couple guys i would bump up into the third round um childs is a guy i would probably bump up into the third round pierce sperlin is a guy that i would start to look at in the third round too maybe the back end of it um you know there's so there's some interesting names there too there's not really anybody that i wouldn't take in this round outside of christopher vizina that i think is just terrible i probably wouldn't take dante dowdle I was going to say high. Dowdle's the other guy that I'd circle, and I don't want to give a as harsh of a criticism on him yeah. as I do on Vizina, but that's a guy that I I really don't – I'm not jazzed for at all. He's like my RB30 in the class or something. Yeah, I'm not super high on him either, but I don't know. I mean, he, he could do something at Oregon maybe. Um, I think Lincoln Kineholtz being in the fourth round, anytime you can get a, a an Ohio State quarterback in the fourth round I think is a good deal. Now – there's a lot of competition there and stuff, but if he wins, that ceiling is is high, um, you know. So uh, taking him in the fourth round, I'll 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 do that a lot. Um, you know, Vandrevius Jacobs, really interesting to see him in the fourth round. He's a guy that, as a site, we were pretty high on uh, our recruiting team, big wide receiver guy, um, David Sullivan Football. Uh, we're both high on him. You know, we, we liked him a lot, a lot more than the services. So it's interesting to see him in the fourth as well. And kind of the same thing with Keon Brown. So there's a lot of guys in this range that I like. So I, like I said, Vizina, definitely not. Dowdle, probably not. The rest of the guys feel pretty good. Uh, I, I agree. I, Jalen Brown, like, you know, maybe a little early. He, he might be the other guy that I, I, and I actually like J, Jalen Brown, and we talked a little bit about him on this show, um, about how he kind of rose for me a little bit and looked good at some of the, the um, all-star game stuff. Um, which is basically just glorified camp setting. But I guess the best of the best. Interesting to 
see it play out nonetheless. Uh, round five here, Colin. This is the last round that we're going to go in depth with tonight. We'll probably do some more of these further in the offseason, maybe talk some more about some late round sleepers because um, that's what folks uh, seem to really like, according to my DMs. Um, Jeremiah Cobb, 501. He's headed to uh, – I get these two confused. He's the Auburn guy. Webb is going to Florida. Jeremiah Cobb running back Auburn. Andrew Rappelier, tight end, uh, Penn State, 502. Jeremiah Love, Notre Dame running back, 503. Dylan Edwards, Colorado running back, 504. Caleb Jackson, LSU running back, 505. Here's where the running backs were all going. Aiden Mizzle, uh, Florida wide receiver, 506. I don't know what the hell. Uh, Tyler Williams. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Tyler Williams, Georgia wide receiver. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven, uh, 507. Jelani Thurman, the Ohio State tight end, 508. Kayshawn Lyons, uh, Washington wide receiver, 509. Cameron Cook, TCU running back, 510. Kyle Parker, LSU wide receiver, 511. Marion Peterson, the other USC running back I talked about earlier. 512 uh yeah i mean there's some there's some weird ass names in here um uh, but we'll, we'll go to you first about guy you like here colin uh who do you want to go out of this round uh with yeah a guy that i i like in this round is caleb jackson the running back going to lsu uh, i think you know first off lsu's running back room is is soft right now it is not a particularly good room it's josh williams who was a thinking i i think i want to say he was a walk-on guy but he if not he was a low three-star um you know and then you have noah kane cast off from uh, penn state you have john emery five-star guy never really did anything not really a big emery guy uh you know they have armani goodwin from last year but i wasn't the biggest fan of goodwin i think he's fine but I like Caleb Jackson, uh, you know, depending on the service you're looking at, he's listed between 200 and 210. Uh, so he's got good size. He was a, a good producer in um, Texas. You know, he had as his junior, he had over 2,400 scrimmage yard or Louisiana. I'm sorry. Um, 2,400 scrimmage yards, 33 touchdowns. He had some nice offers. Uh, I think he's, he's pretty fast as well clocked at a 21.8 miles per hour by our recruiting teams. And you do see him outrun defenders at times. Uh, he does has a little slow on the accelerator, but he's got a little bit of wiggle to him. Um, you know, he needs to, to work on not bouncing it outside quite as often, but I think he's the type of guy who could be a three down running back. And I think that LSU needs a running back to step up. And I could see Caleb Jackson being that guy. So to get him in the fifth round, I, I like that a lot. Um, I actually really like him too. And I was debating between two guys and I saw that you were picking Jackson. Uh, that made me happy because then I could take uh, the other player <laughs> I was looking at here. Um, Cause I, I agree. I think he's got some really fun athletic testing stuff. So I'll be interested to see uh, how he does there, uh, especially coming back from that injury. Um, I chose Jeremiah Love, the Notre Dame running back, uh, the 503, according to our, our our stuff here. I think he's fun and he's intriguing. We talked about him a little bit on last week's show when we talked about uh, Audric, uh, yeah, Audric Estime, but Logan Diggs, uh, leaving Notre Dame. And Love, I think it like there's a chance that Love just ends up as the de facto RB2 on the depth chart as the season goes on. 
you know, as much as you want to pump Jabran Payne, I'm not sure that's a route I'm willing to go right now. And the, How rest, dare of those, you? the rest of those guys, Tyree's a wide receiver now, supposedly Chris Tyree and Jatarian Price, who got some pretty good reviews in last year's camp towards Achilles last year. Like, I don't know what we're looking at there in terms of recovery from him. So I think lo- there's a real chance loves the de facto RB two at Notre Dame. And he's a, he's a home run kind of player. Like, I, I don't know that he's a, a high end Debbie guy, but I think he, he he's a chance that he uh, bulks up enough to, to be an NFL back. So we'll see, but um you know, overall, uh, I think this is a, a leaner group, and there's some weird players in here. Like Aiden Mizzle doesn't belong anywhere <laughs> near this conversation. I know Tyler Williams has some truthers, but I'm not taking him particularly early. Um, we went from having tight ends being way too underrated in in supplemental drafts to they're just totally going way too early in drafts this year. Uh, I can't really understand why some of these guys are going where they are. Um, Jelani Thurman is who I'm referencing here. I know he he's looked fairly good in Ohio State's uh, spring spring practice stuff, but I, I'm not taking him anywhere near this. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think of this group, Colin? Dylan Edwards, we talked about him, I think, last week too. Like This is a, it's yeah. a, probably a pretty cool CFF option, but the dude is smaller than D- Deuce Vaughn. Like, there's, there's, not, there's, yeah. there's nothing else there. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I mean, I think, you know, you, you talk about tight ends, you know, some of them don't make sense. Jelani Thurman's Andrew Rappelier, I think is a good option in this round. I, I'm, I'm fine with him here. Um, Tayshawn Lyons is a guy that I was considering for my uh, guy that I don't want to leave this round with. Mm-hmm. But because, I mean, he's he's blazing fast. Uh, he was one of the fastest wide receivers in this class, clocked over tw- comfortably over 22 miles per hour. Um, and he's going to Washington, which we like that offensive system. You know, you and I have been pretty big proponents of that. Uh, you know, so I like him here in this round as well. Cameron Cook is a guy who's really intriguing to me at TCU. I don't love the backs that they have on that roster right now. Uh, I did like Cameron Cook. Uh, he's a little small, though. Uh, but in terms of guys that don't belong, like I think you hit the nail on the head. Aiden Mizzle, Tyler Williams, Jelani Thurman are the three guys that I wouldn't take in this range. I probably wouldn't take Kyle Parker here either, but I, I don't know. He's going to LSU. I get it. I know he has some fans too, and I don't dislike the player. Um, I think for him, it's just I don't know what that LSU wide receiver room is going to look like yet, even amongst that freshman group. And so I'm just not quite comfortable taking him this early. And I don't, I don't love, like I mentioned last round, I don't know that I love Jalen Brown that early either. And he's the other guy that conceivably he's competing with behind Sampson there is like, you know, who, who can maybe get some time this year. Uh, but I think he's a he's an interesting player. Uh, I don't know if LSU ends up being the best spot for him or not, but uh, who's to say? Uh, we did just put down some names that we thought were glaring omissions from the top five rounds here, and obviously there are plenty of other ones as well. That if you know I had every pick in the first five rounds, I'd, I'd probably have in there over some of these guys. Uh, Lenora Sellers is the biggest one. I think he's really the only quarterback, in my opinion, that we're missing out on. Uh, Colin put down Austin Mack as well, the the Washington uh, incoming QB. But Sellers at, at South Carolina, I think, um, you know, again, I don't think it's a, a guarantee that he gets the job next year, but he definitely is going to be 
the leading guy going into spring. So we'll see if he uh, keeps that and just a big athletic freak. Um, I mean, Mac, we've talked about him a bit on the show, Colin, Washington. I mean, that's, that's the, the selling point here. Obviously, you know, he's highly rated by the services too. He's not a bad player. He's just, I mean, it's hard to look at a kid at 17 and get and project like too much based on that without, and with some, some limited playing experience and, and really probably no chance to play this year either. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, it's doomsday. If, if Mac sees the field, honestly, I mean, you don't want to put a 17 year old kid out there. Uh, if you don't absolutely have to, and they have uh, Penix, Dylan Morris has starting experience as well. So both of those guys would go over Mac. And I imagine there's probably another guy on the roster that I'm just not aware of who will play ahead of Mac, but I like Mac a lot. I like the landing spot. I think he definitely needs to add some weight, but I think he has a strong arm. Uh, I think he, you know, needs to improve the consistency with ball placement, but he definitely shows good flashes of setting his wide receivers up. Um, there's a couple, you know, you, you can see him move through progressions at times, but he does have a tendency to lock onto his first read. It's a lot of it is honestly, to me, what I'm attributing it is just being a kid, you know, being young. He doesn't have a lot of the the mental side of the game yet. And I think that's going to come. And I think DeBoer is going to help him out, but at the very worst, I think he's going to be a CFF stud for three years after this year. Um, so I taking him in the top five rounds is a no brainer to me. Um, but you know, you want to talk Lenora sellers. I, I agree with you there too, where he's, I think he's probably the guy next year when Spencer Rattler's gone. I know they're bringing in Dante Reno who's a guy that you like a lot, but We've seen it's 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 really tough for incoming freshmen to unseat a guy who's been in the system before. And Lenora Sellers has already looked really good this spring. So that's another guy that I think should be going inside the top five that I would agree with. Yeah, and then the other name that I tossed on here real quick is Caden Feegan, the incoming Illinois running back. And this is just a size speed bet, essentially. Yep. Um, I don't know how much he plays this year for Illinois. But I also know that Illinois loses – uh some of their better pieces from last year like i i think they'll be comparable maybe a little better than they were uh last season offensively we shall see but uh, fegan might see the field this year depending on injury situation he might not but he's what 235 or something like that he's just a yeah big freaking dude run fast yeah really good athlete so um you know why why take Cam Selden round two and I can get Caden Feegan round five? And that's not a real – I would rather have Cam Selden yes. than <laughs> Caden Feegan, even with those round uh, price tags attached to it. But still uh, an intriguing player nonetheless. Let's knock out uh, two freshman profiles here to end the show, Colin. Uh, we are moving along through these, starting to get through a lot of the top names. So we still got a few left here. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, my guy that I'm going to talk about here tonight is Ruben Owens, a running back going to Texas A&M. So we talked about him a little bit at the top of the show. So he's like a back end of the first round guy, top end of the second of your supplemental draft. Uh, and he was pretty highly related, uh, highly rated on the services. He was a five-star top rated back in some of the services. So he was definitely up there, um, you know, almost 3000 yards and 46 touchdowns in, in Texas. Um, you know, he's a, he's, he's a very good player. And I think it's, we like that he went to Texas A&M, you know, say what you want about Jimbo, but he does do well with running backs and Owens steps onto the field this year, I think is the most talented back on that roster. Uh, they have 
was it Amari Daniels? Uh, yes. I think he's the guy. Yeah, who's yeah. you know running kind of ahead of him, and then Le'Veon Moss too. But I think the Owens is better than than both of those guys. I mean, he's one of the best receiving backs in this class. He has really nice hands. So I think at a minimum, he's a better pass catcher than either of those other two guys pretty much right off the bat. But on top of that, he's got really good home run speed. Um, he He's kind of a strider as a runner, so he doesn't get up to uh, top speed all that quickly. He does struggle to change directions a little bit. Um, but home run speed, good size. I think as a runner, he shows decent patience as well. Um, you'll see him press the line uh, of scrimmage too. So, you know, it, he, he is more of a one cut and go guy, but he'll, uh, you know, he'll press the line, wait to see that cut, and then he'll go. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to like about Ruben, Ruben Owens. He is, should be the guy there at Texas A&M, which is something we like too, like I said. So uh, Ruben Owens is, is my RB4 in this class, and it's not super close after him. Um. Yeah, I mean, you have any sort of comp for him? He's kind of a tough guy to compare because he has a, I don't want to say unorthodox playing style, but it's, he's definitely not like your typical, you know, I don't think he falls into the, the two, 220 banger or the 195 pound slasher either coming out of high school. Like he kind of is in between those two stylistically. Yeah, I, I think he's in between those two stylistically. I, I, it's tough to, for me to comp players coming out of high school because they do change a lot um, in that time. But I don't know, maybe like uh, a rich man's Tevin Coleman right now is probably what I would see him as. Rich man's Tevin Coleman. I thought Tevin Coleman was the rich man's Tevin Coleman. Man, I <laughs> nah, I'm just really confused. Hey, I mean, Tevin Coleman had a nice... Uh, uh, he, had a, he had a pretty solid NFL career there. Yeah, he had yeah, some he good did. years. I mean, for your Falcons. I think he had that one really good year. I took him in fantasy. He did. Uh, I took him the year before in fantasy, and he was a dud. And then the year after that, he had a good year. So yeah. you guys are welcome. Um, last profile here: Dante Moore, quarterback at UCLA. Um, I mean, I think we all kind of already know who he is. The top quarterback in this, one of the top quarterbacks in this class during his recruitment was. Uh, between Notre Dame, supposedly Notre Dame and uh, Oregon chose Oregon. Kenny Dillingham leaves. All of a sudden, Dante Moore is available, and there weren't a lot of spots left for him. So we ended up settling on UCLA there, uh, heading with Chip Kelly, and he's definitely got to be the best uh, quarterback recruit that that Kelly's ever had his hands on. So we'll see uh, if that continues. Six two and a, a half. Recruit. Yes, as a recruit. Yeah, I just wanted to underscore that. You might have some people yelling. Marcus Mariota. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Mariota was not that highly regarded. Uh, 6'2 and a half, 2'10-ish, depending on what source you're looking at for height, weight. Um, But but very solidly built. He is the probably the most technically proficient quarterback in this class, Um, at least amongst all of the top options. Obviously, maybe there's some guy with perfect throwing technique who's going to – you know, some D3 school, but I ain't watched him. Um, <laughs> just, just that, that's going to be his calling card early, I think. And I think that's kind of why we've had this debate over the past few months as to how ready is he today? And can he be the day one starter this year for UCLA beyond their 
fairly wide open depth chart. That that's a key piece of it. And I think he has a lot of the mental aspects of the position down as well. And it's really just a matter of speeding them up uh, now that he's in college and playing bigger and faster uh, defenders. I think uh, he does a pretty good job of keeping his eyes downfield, uh, even when the rush is in his face. So he'll, he'll usually find the, the correct guy in those instances. Good ball placement. He, he's pretty accurate overall, probably one of the better guys uh, in that regard as well in this class. He'll stand in there when there's a guy in his face and get hit too, which I really, really liked. I saw multiple instances of him doing that in high school and a guy that started in high school for four years like that. There's, there's plenty of tape on him out there. Um, the one thing for him is that his arm is good, not great. So uh, in terms of tech or, uh, you know, physical ability, he's probably honestly the worst of the, the top five guys. But again, it's definitely NFL level. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't doubt that. Uh, and he's also really not super mobile either. Like he's going to be a guy that can scramble a little bit, maybe pick up some yardage, but I don't see a, I don't see a guy that's willing to run at that level. Um, so, you know, think of how we've had this discussion about CJ Stroud over the past few months, but more is better under pressure probably but like that. That's the kind of athletic ability maybe that we're talking about here overall, not a, an overwhelming athlete by any stretch. So, um, you know, I think that the physical stuff doesn't really concern me just because the other technical mental stuff is so good. I think UCLA, obviously a great offense for him to go to that quarterback scores a ton of points. I, I think it has to be considered that you can look at guys like DTR and stuff in recent history that have done well for chip Kelly and recognize that he probably for fantasy purposes can't score that high just because again, he's not going to have the rushing totals, but I still think a guy that can put up a ton of passing yardage and we'll see what UCLA can do at receiver because they, they don't have a ton of guys there, but get a guy or two around him, and I think he can be very prolific, and I think he can be a top five uh, NFL draft pick selection when all is said and done. Yeah, I mean, I think if he – I agree with pretty much everything you said there, and if he does get onto the field early this year uh, or, or at any point this year, he will be throwing to J. Michael Sturdivant, who I think is a pretty solid wide receiver. Uh, I don't know that UCLA is going to necessarily – bring in a lot of other talent at the wide receiver position beyond him. So I'll be interested to see what that wide receiver core looks like next year. Kind of like you were saying, but at least for this year, he has a guy. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes overall. Um, I think that's going to do it for tonight's show. Yep. Check in with the podcast for you guys. Great shows over there every single day, chasing the natty campus life back to Debbie, Debbie debates. Canton Bound, Future Freshman, all of those on the feed. Something for you guys every day. The official comes out on the weekends as well. Check out the YouTube channel. Again, campus2canton.com. Head over there. Check out the articles, the rankings, the tools, the guides, uh, everything we have over there. We will be back later this week with Canton Bound. Until next time, guys, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Have a good one.